Welcome to Hill Church Podcast. So we've been refocusing here at Hill Church as we're kind of working through a transition and we're talking about what it means to be the church. So last week we looked into the scriptures and saw that the church is, uh, it's, we talked a couple about a couple dangers. The church is not a place where we go as consumers to, you know, to get something uh, that helps us, you know, individually. That, that shouldn't be really our vision of the church because that's not Christ's vision of the church. And so we looked in the scriptures and we saw that God says that he's actually invited us in on his community. Like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have this perfect community that is filled with holiness. They, they love each other perfectly and they have complete unity. And so Christ, when he died on the cross and rose from the dead and offered to us a free gift of salvation, paying for our sin, uh, that enabled us to be able to become a part of his community. And so we are actually God's family. We are part of his family. And we are, he says, his temple. God actually He wants to be with us so much that he has chosen to dwell among us. So when we gather together as the church, we literally are the temple of God. It's really amazing. So this last week, though, we talked about, all right, given who we are as God's family and God's temple, what is it we should be doing? Like, we live out of what we believe that we are, who we believe we are. And so what should we be doing if this is who we are as God's temple and God's family? So I gave a little example about when I was uh, first married to Megan and how I entered into her family. And at Christmas time, her family, what they do is they take great care to choose gifts for one another. They wrap the gifts in a way that's just really beautiful. So there's this sort of majestic presentation of the gifts. And uh, on Christmas morning, they get together around the tree and pull out one gift, give it to one person. Everyone looks at the wrapping. The person unwraps it with great care, saving the ribbons and so on, and then looks at the gift, and the person that got the gift explains all the thought and heart that they put into it, and they pass it around, and it's really a sweet time. And so they do this all day long, because it takes all day to go through the gifts one by one like this. Well, it's very different than my family. My family, we gather together. There's a lot of us, small space usually, uh, several cats that I'm allergic to, and we pass out the gifts all at the same time. People just open them up, and then they yell across the room, thank you, Uncle Jeff, appreciate that, and then they go to the next gift, and they throw wrapping paper all over the place. It's kind of crazy, so it's very different. So here's my point. When I married Megan and I joined her family, I had to learn how to function differently. So a lot of what we should be doing centers around learning how to function in God's family, in his community, learning how to love with his kind of love, his sacrificial, unconditional love, where you put others before yourself and sacrifice for others, lay down your life for others, learning how to walk in holiness, to do right by God and do right by one another all the time, and how to love uh, how to love one another and how to live in unity with one another. So we in this life of being a part of Christ's church are really growing in how to love God and how to love one another. Or another way to put it is to grow as disciples. A disciple is a learner. We're disciples of Christ and we're learning how to live life his way. So it says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you 
always, even to the end of the age. This is the number one thing we should be doing as the church, is making disciples. And I would say that first comes being disciples, growing as disciples, learning how to follow Jesus and live life his way. Because you can't make a disciple, you can't influence somebody else's life for Christ without first being a disciple, being a follower of Christ. You can't give away what you don't have to give away. So, you know, making disciples is more than just teaching the Bible, for example. We could teach the Bible and give people information, but that isn't making disciples. Making disciples is teaching how to obey what Christ has said, how to live life his way in holiness and in perfect love, the way that he lives life. And so for that, we actually have to be living that out. And then we pass that on. And actually, in making disciples, more is caught than taught. Um, It's important to teach the Bible, absolutely, but more is caught than taught. So how do we grow as disciples then? How do we grow as disciples. So our main text was Acts 2, 42 through 47. And in that text, we see the beginning of the church. And after Peter had preached the gospel to people in Jerusalem, it says that they were pierced to the heart. They realized their guilt before God. They realized they needed forgiveness. And they cried out to Peter and they said, what should we do? And that's the question we're asking. What should we be doing? And so Peter shares the gospel, repent and believe in Christ, and these people do. And then naturally, since their hearts were pierced with the love of Christ, their hearts were changed, they naturally lived out certain things that we find in in this passage. They naturally were devoting themselves continually to the apostles' teaching. They had such a hunger for God's word because of the love they had just received from Christ and the forgiveness that they had received when they recognized their need for his salvation. And then what great lengths he went to on the cross to pay for all of their sin and offer them a free gift of forgiveness and righteousness and eternal salvation. Their natural response when their hearts were pierced with that message of the gospel was to hunger after God's word, which makes sense. You know, they were they were like, we have got to get to know God better. This God that would do such a thing for us. Since Christ gave his life for us, we pursue him in his word. That's the first thing. They were also continually devoted to fellowship. Fellowship literally means sharing. And so what were they sharing? Well, they were sharing the gospel. They were sharing the love of Jesus. They were sharing the truth of Jesus. That's what fellowship is. It's sharing Jesus. In Philippians 2, Paul talks about uh, putting others before ourselves in our in the church and becoming like Christ who although he was equal with God he did not consider his equality with God something to be grasped and he emptied himself and became obedient became a servant obedient even to the place of death uh, on the cross and so we should follow his example of laying down our lives for one another and so that is fellowship it is sharing in the sacrificial unconditional love of Jesus and uh, that could look like a lot of different things. Sacrifice for one another by helping one another in areas of need, by praying for one another, carrying one another's burdens, uh, counseling one another, simply listening to one another. Uh, we find that in the early church, they had fellowship as they took meals uh, together, and they, had, they shared meals together. There were many people that had come to Jerusalem from out of town, 
for this Jewish holiday called Pentecost. And that's when Peter, you know, preached the gospel and many came to be saved as the beginning of the church. Well, a lot of these people stayed in town because they wanted to, to know the teachings of the apostles about Jesus. And so they stayed in town. Well, that meant that they didn't have money, right? Because they weren't going back home to their, their jobs or their farms or what have you. And so people were selling their possessions, selling their homes even, to provide for those that were staying in town to grow as the church. And so they were sharing their physical uh, possessions with one another. So that's fellowship. They're also continually devoting themselves to prayer. It says in Romans that 5, 1 and 2, that we have been granted access by faith into this position of grace in which we stand. We have complete access to, to God, and we come to Him in prayer at any time because of the forgiveness we've received from Christ. Since Christ gave His life for us, we naturally spend time with God in prayer. I mean, if the gospel has pierced your heart, then you will just naturally be devoted to his word, be devoted to laying down your life and investing in the lives of other believers. You'll naturally be devoted to prayer, uh, to talk with this God, have sweet times of intimacy with this God in prayer. You'll want to because of what he has done for you. Also, Sharing the gospel, it says that the uh, the apostles were doing mighty sun, signs and, and wonders, and, and people were in awe of them, and that was something God was using to lead people to himself. And so we have this element here of evangelism, and this is present also in First Thessalonians. Uh, Paul wrote a letter to the church in Thessalonica, and he describes their experience of when they came to believe in Christ, that the word of, of Christ sounded forth, and it says, in all... Uh, Macedonia and Achaia, and uh, and in every place, uh, they were sharing the gospel and sharing about Christ. This just happened naturally, and that's another thing that when the gospel pierces our heart, that we naturally do. We share the good news of what Jesus did for us, dying on the cross, providing a free gift of salvation for anybody that would repent and trust in his payment on their behalf. We naturally share it because it's such good news. Such good news. You just have to share it with people that don't know and don't have that love. They don't have that salvation. A couple other things that these new believers were doing, they were breaking bread, uh, which they're taking meals together. Probably also refers to communion where Christ had commanded us to take time to remember what he did for us by breaking bread and drinking wine. And that bread is to remind us of his body that is broken for us. And that wine is to remind us of his blood that was shed for us. And so we take time intentionally to remember what Christ did for us and how he paid for our sin with his life. Because that is the foundation of all of these things. It's the gospel. And again, when it pierces our hearts, then we live out growing as disciples and then making disciples. Lastly, it says that they were praising God, a natural fruit of when you when realizing what Christ has done for us is we praise God. We worship him through song, through changing our lives for him, through all kinds of creative ways. There's many ways to praise God, but since Christ gave his life for us, we praise him in all these ways. So my question to wrap up was this. What is your next step? What's your next step as far as growing in God's word? Maybe it's setting a goal to spend 
10, 15 minutes each each day with God in his word and in prayer. Maybe it's joining a Bible study or missional community. Uh, maybe it's joining a, a class. We have a couple classes at Hill Church, one called Launch that focuses on leadership, one called Fuel that focuses on just getting to know the Bible. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's starting a Bible study. What's your next step? What's your next step for fellowship? Getting together with other believers regularly to build into their lives and be built up by them and share Jesus. What's your next step as far as prayer? Maybe it's reading through a book on prayer or spending more time in prayer daily or praying with others. What's your next step in sharing the gospel? Um, is it to, you know, talk with your neighbor or coworker or, or somebody, invite them out to coffee or lunch and have a good conversation about uh, the meaning of life and what happens when we die and do you know you're saved or simply finding out where they're at and praying about how you can uh, to share Christ with them. So here's the thing is, as a church, as Hill Church, there's many ways in which we do live these things out. And so my encouragement really to Hill Church is 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, it says to abound more and more in these things of which you have been commanded. These things we should be doing as the church, as disciples of Christ. Abound more and more. Because the reality is we are doing these things. Not perfectly. We have a lot of growth to do for sure, but we are. And so encouragement is just abound more and more. What's your next step? What is your next step in response to what Jesus has done for you because he loves you so much? Pray about that and take it. Be blessed. Have a great week, guys. Hey!